Oh, I love talking football. Football with Matthew Collar on Thursday nights here on the Lake Show. Matthew, welcome back on the John Schuster Cola Banker Hotline. How are you? I am good. Uh, have you been able to uh, recover from uh, you know having the hosts there for you the other night? Um, you know, I, full transparency, I I didn't get a chance to listen at all. Um, just because, dude, I was out of it. I got to be totally totally honest because I because I filled in for Chad Hartman and then you filled in for me and I was. I was pretty tuckered. I was I was out of it. So, what what were some of the topics? What were some of the things that you that you dived into other than talking about the uh, the much discussed uh, Christopher Tubbs topic of uh, TLC's MILF Manor? <laughs> we did talk about how Tubbs has an irrational hate for the Philadelphia Eagles, which I think a lot of Vikings fans share. Uh, but you know, the main topic was how there's a lot of Vikings fans who reached out to me and said. I've always wanted the team to try to win in every way they could, and now I've changed my mind after this year. Um, because, you know, they ran it back. They kind of pointed to Mike Zimmer as being at the root of all the problems. And, you know, they won a lot of games. They had a fun year. But at the end of the day, Vikings fans had to sit and watch three rounds of the playoffs again, which has just kind of been the way of this organization for many years now where they're never terrible, but never great. And, you know, you sort of end up in the middle and having your season be forgotten by almost everyone except for you. And, uh, you know, so a lot of people I think are getting on board with the idea of starting to tear this thing down and rebuild something new rather than coming back with a lot of the same players who have performed pretty much the same way for the last five years. All right. So let's take a glance back at, last weekend's games because I felt like we saw a really good game or at least, you know, an entertaining outcome of the chiefs Bengals game. That was the matchup of Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow and just the rematch from a year ago. But then you also had the highly anticipated um, 49ers facing the Eagles, but that went south quickly when Purdy got hurt and just, I mean, there was so much there that was not going to work out eventually for the uh, for the 49ers. But I, I guess between the two games, okay, and we saw Eagles dominate the Niners who were banged up and having all kind of quarterback issues, and then you saw the uh, the quarterback play from both Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. What, what was? Give me your top two takeaways from last weekend's games. Well, one is that I think the San Francisco 49ers since I guess I would say 2019 have year in and year out had one of the best rosters, if not the best roster. And every year something gets in the way for that team. It's amazing. The bad luck that they've had or the things that have gone sideways. I mean, they're winning in the Super Bowl against Kansas city and Patrick Mahomes makes one of the greatest throws in NFL history to Tyree kill. And then it all goes downhill after that. And they lose the Super Bowl. And then, you know, it's uh, it's an injury to Jimmy Garoppolo, and then it's you know the the injuries this year, and even they find this complete diamond in the rough in Brock Purdy, and he gets to play one series before getting hurt, and you know they're they're out there with Josh Johnson and, and so forth. And by the way, if the NFL is rigging games, uh, apparently, I wish they had rigged that one to be better um, because that was a uh, it was miserable <laughs> to watch. And it was and it was just that. It kind of reminded me even of those 49ers teams that had Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick and how they had just built these 
beast defenses and talent all over the field and just could not quite get there. So the fact that that turned out to be such a dud was really disappointing because I loved that matchup, just two teams that had built these very complete rosters. They'd kind of done it uh, in very smart ways, like through the draft, through finding players, picking premium positions, and even with quarterbacks that weren't necessarily the first overall draft picks. So that, that you know, it was just really disappointing to see, even though I think Philadelphia probably was the better team, um, to not even have that be a game was really unfortunate. The other one was weird to me because it seemed like Cincinnati and their fans and a lot of people – wanted to claim that the referees rigged things up for Kansas City, and I can't really figure out how. I know there was a whistle that was not heard on the broadcast that blew a play dead, and maybe people were confused by that, but Joseph Asai pushed Patrick Mahomes when he had both feet out of bounds. I mean, there was no, there was no way. I even saw people saying, like, oh, you can't call that at that time. Like, what? So you just get personal fouls at the end of the game whenever you want them? Like, I, I don't know what that was supposed to mean, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes – just every time you think that you've seen him do everything great, he does something more great. And it's almost like uh, people got bored of talking about how great he was. And so they wanted like Burrow to be as good and make that into a thing. But we're watching like football Tiger Woods or football Michael Jordan here with Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, it's, it's just, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. So I, I would, I guess I would say to people who are like getting annoyed with um, Mahomes or like Mahomes exhaustion, like just just appreciate it, man, because this this does not always happen. You know, one of the things that I um that I noticed on Twitter it was a tweet from Field Yates on Sunday after the Chiefs game, and it highlighted the success of Brett Veach, who I like. I like Brett Veach. Just in my time in Kansas City, he just super cool dude. Me and him would talk about you know horse racing and stuff like that or whatever outside of football, but like. Field Yates went through how impactful the Chiefs draft class was. I mean, they just had guys that just absolutely showed up and were were impact players last Sunday in that game. Um, and it really told me about how Quasey is going to have to step up big time, um, and he's lacking draft picks in this this year's NFL draft, but just in terms of like with the NFL draft, because last year that was not good. What happened? I know some of it was bad luck, and we talk about injuries and stuff like that. But that's the impact of what a draft can do on an organization. Yeah, I think it's a it's a combination of a couple of things. I mean, drafting, as as many people will tell you, has been studied over and over, and has been found that there's no real correlation from year to year or from GM to GM of being a consistently good drafter, right? But there are good draft decisions like drafting a pass rusher in Karloftis or drafting a receiver in Sky Moore, who even though he didn't have a great year, he comes up with the punt return at the biggest time. But also just, I think, the guts to move on from Tyreek Hill because I think 9 out of 10 teams, 30 out of 32 teams, they pay that guy and they say, no way, there's no way we could move on from him. He's too good. And he is amazing. And he's definitely uh, helped uh, Miami and Tua you know, put together a great offense this year. So you saw the impact, but they knew exactly what they could remove from Patrick Mahomes and how they could fill that up and, and, and make it work. And they made great moves like Juju Smith-Schuster. They hardly paid anything for him, but he was a proven good receiver. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a great signing. and He had the game of his life out there. The touchdown catch that he made was tremendous. And I think, what, over 100 yards in that game because other guys got hurt. But they knew 
that the way that Patrick Mahomes plays football, he can be a point guard and distribute the ball to a bunch of different guys and get a lot of the same results from throwing to one guy. And I almost think it was even better in some ways because he they were focused so much on getting Tyreek Hill the ball that having more guys to throw to, I think, actually helped him. And, of course, his chemistry with Travis Kelsey is, is just unbelievable. Um, another move, too, to point out is that they found a way to re-sign Chris Jones, who is an absolute monster on their defensive side. And, and that game was you know, defined by Mahomes and defined by his ankle. But also look at the pressure rate on Joe Burrow. I think it was over 40% throughout that game. And that was huge for them to be able to step up and pressure Burrow because when Buffalo didn't do it the previous week, he just annihilated them. And, and that was a, a, that's going to be another big element, too, uh, with the defensive line against Philadelphia that has an amazing offensive line. But I think that, you know, it just it goes into a lot of different things. It's like, yeah, you have to kind of get lucky and, you know, get a seventh-round guy who shows up, uh, you know, like they have. Uh, but also, like, a good, a good process, too, to put yourself in position to have a complete roster around Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, we're talking to Matthew Collar from Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, so the Philadelphia Eagles, we got a glimpse, uh, a glimpse at Jalen Hurts, a healthier version of Jalen Hurts. Now he's going to have two full weeks to to get himself uh, together. Are you surprised at all that Philadelphia is favored at this particular point? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, you know, I think that Philadelphia is looked at as the more complete team uh, in the trenches. They're just incredible. I mean, nothing short of incredible, offensive and defensive line. And a lot of times when you're talking about the two best teams in the league, something like that is going to make the difference, right, if you can run the ball against the Chiefs. And, you know, for most teams, I would kind of roll my eyes a little bit at talking about running the ball. But Philadelphia, and that's their thing, is being able to just pound teams in the face uh, and then create a lot of open room for their receivers to run. And, they, you know, they have great receivers, which are really going to test the secondary for, uh, you know, the Chiefs that was very good. But the thing is that any quarterback with great pass protection is going to be a better version of himself, and I, I think that pertains to Jalen Hurts as well. So how much Kansas City can break through and find ways to pressure or find ways to confuse Jalen Hurts? But when he's got two great receivers, it's it's just not that easy. Uh, you know, to, to try to, you know, take away A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And, you know, when you look at Philadelphia and we relate it to the Vikings, I just look at that team as the perfect definition of, like, how it, how it should be done, where you had a mediocre quarterback that was too expensive. You moved on from him to draft an athletic, younger quarterback who you could develop and had upside. You built the roster around him. You got the guy weapons. And when you sensed the moment, you went out and got A.J. Brown. Like, they just did everything right to build that team. And, of course, they deserve a ton of credit uh, for the trenches as well. But if you didn't have a quarterback on a rookie contract, you know, you, you couldn't pick up an Indomitian Sioux or Linval Joseph in the middle of the season or something like that that have made them a very deep team. So I can see why a lot of people would like Philly in this. I personally will not be putting down any money against uh, Patrick Mahomes ever, probably. Uh, but, I mean, that is a, a very, very well-crafted team. Yeah. All right, uh, Matthew. I appreciate the time tonight, man. And we will uh, chat later this, uh, well, or we'll we'll talk later next week. Uh, I assume it's going to have to be before Thursday, though, because I think that I have Thursday off next week. But we'll talk next week. It's Super Bowl week, my friend. I am always, always ready to talk football with you, Henry. Thanks for having me. All right, yep. That's Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter as well 
at Matthew Caliber. More importantly, check out his fine work for the Purple Insider.